Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and it is Sunday, February 6th in the year 2022. And I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica. And it has been another day of battling the leaf ants. <laughs> and that's what we do in Costa Rica. We, we have to battle the leaf ants, or at least I do. <laughs> I've been called militant about battling the leaf ants. But, you know, I'm happy to exist, coexist with nature, of course. But, you know, there's a, there's a line and there's a boundary. And we're going to talk about boundaries. <laughs> and we have to have boundaries with the leaf ants or otherwise we don't have plants anymore. We come out in the morning and what was a gardenia yesterday is now sticks. Okay. So you have to be very, very careful. And uh, my honeysuckle got it. One of my honeysuckles got it the other day and I, I didn't, you know, didn't know it. So got a battle of the leaf ants and I had to handle them today. So uh, anyway, boundaries, boundaries. Why am I talking about boundaries? Because the last few days have been very interesting and a, and a bit of a whopper, I think. Um, and boundaries relate to Saturn and the sun and Saturn were conjunct on Friday. And this happens every year. Every year, the sun conjuncts Saturn, and every year we are reminded of, we're illuminated as to our boundaries. We're illuminated to what has been a boundary, or what should be a boundary, or where our boundaries should exist, where they don't exist. And um, you know, and if you have any heavy dose of Saturn in your chart, you're constantly reminded of boundaries. And if you have uh, Saturn aspecting uh, by transit anything in your chart, I bet you're getting boundaries, okay? Lessons around boundaries. So it isn't just boundaries, it's restrictions. And one of the things about Saturn is that when you look at Saturn through a telescope, as I mentioned the other day in my Instagram, Saturn's a beautiful object. And, you know, whenever you, you know, people do planetary things and, like, draw planets and, like, they draw Saturn because it's the most recognizable. You know, the moon has craters. But when you see, like, illustrations of planets, everybody goes for Saturn, right? And I'm like, ooh, no, not Saturn. Um, <laughs> because Saturn has a reputation in astrology. And one of the things that we recognize when uh, the most recognizable about Saturn is its rings. And when I've looked at the telescope and seen Saturn in the telescope, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful object, but it, the rings are very distinctive. Now, other planets do have rings as well. Um, I believe Uranus and Neptune have rings, and they are not as visible as Saturn's. You know, when you look at Saturn, it's not this light little ring. It's this band of rings. And you're like, wow, that's, that's majestic, and it is. But what does that speak to. What, what do those rings look like? They look like a fence. <laughs> They're boundaries. And Saturn, just by looking at it, reminds us of its boundaries. You know, can you imagine Saturn without its rings? It's like naked. <laughs> Saturn with no rings. Ah! <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like naked Saturn. Saturn's not that vulnerable, you know? The energy of Saturn. Think about it. If you're ever wondering what Saturn means, Think about Saturn with its rings and then try to imagine it without its rings. It's like, where does Saturn go? It's a protective measure. And Saturn is a major protective measure. <laughs> Just the thought of Saturn without its rings, it's like, ah! <laughs> Saturn is like, I'm exposed! Yeah, because that's what happens. Um, we get exposed and when we don't have boundaries or, you know, our vulnerabilities are showing up. And Saturn... Um, helps us to have boundaries and then at the same time can impose restrictions or 
um, give us boundaries that we really need to break down. So it's, it's a double-edged sword with Saturn. Either you have, um, either you have boundaries in the right measure or your boundaries are too strong. You know, if you have too many boundaries and because of fear, um, then one of the things that you need to do is look at your boundaries and see where you can loosen them up a little bit, you know? Um, and so the sun and Saturn met and it happens every year. And every year we experience a sun Saturn conjunction and it can be something, you know, good where we're reminded of our boundaries and all, but then this time it wasn't alone. It was, you know, hours after Mercury went direct. Now Mercury went direct late on Thursday evening and sun and Saturn met on Friday afternoon. But I can tell you that I started feeling the sun and Saturn on Wednesday night. And I'm sensitive to these things, obviously. And I'm tuned into them and I'm keyed into them. I see them on my app. I see them in my charts. I see them in my book. Sun and Saturn are meeting up. And so even if I, if, even if I want to believe that that's not going to be a big deal, because many times it's not, um, one of the things that you know you need to remember is that um, I need to remember anyway, is that it's going to creep up and affect you. <laughs> so even if I say, oh, that, that happens every year, it's not a big deal. Uh, this year I really felt it. And this year, because I think it was so close in proximity to Mercury going direct from retrograde, and there have been so many retrogrades, so much retrograde since December, that all of this is finally, it was finally this breakthrough of Mercury going direct and now it's like a breathing a sigh of relief and saying wow this is this is finally finished and then there's sun and saturn and it's like no 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 you got to stay within the confines of your boundaries here and it's like we can't just go out and party i made this instagram the other day we can't just go out and like um take over the world <laughs> and um it, there was just way too much Saturnine energy for us to feel uh, like we just glided through the end of Mercury retrograde and we can just move on with life. I feel like it was just a very heavy couple of days, and I still feel it. Even though Sun is separating from Saturn, you know, Mercury is just about starting to get some motion. And this has been a lot of slow... Uh, agony, at least for me it has. I've, I felt this very profoundly in these last few days. And yes, everything should clear out. Yes. Um, it's, you know, it's the end of the retrogrades. Hurrah, let's celebrate. But Saturn never really wants to celebrate because <laughs> it's in the middle of its cycle and it's like, no, 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 we've got more work to do. And I, of several people and myself, you know, I used the word defeated. And I was talking with a friend last night here in Costa Rica and she said, yeah, defeated. That's, that's the right energy. It's the right word. And, you know, some people were saying that the energy felt defeating and it felt defeated. And I, I definitely agree with that. I, I definitely felt this sort of defeated energy. Now, that being said, it isn't necessary to feel defeated when sun meets Saturn. And even though it's an Aquarius and I'm an Aquarius, um, I'm going to feel it more strongly. But it, it 
doesn't mean you must feel defeated or you should feel defeated or you're definitely going to feel defeated. It means that sometimes when we reach that moment and we feel that sense of defeatedness, it could be that um, something in our life needs to shift forward. Maybe we've had too many boundaries. Maybe we've had too much restriction. Maybe we feel like every at every turn we've been blocked. And sometimes that is, I remember reading in Robert Hand's book um, years ago, one of Robert Hand's books, and I think it was probably Planets in Transit. Um, he said, it's probably Saturn overdoing itself, you know. And I never forgot that statement. Saturn is overdoing itself. And I thought, um, <laughs> Saturn overdoing itself. Yeah, you know. And I think that this was what I felt like. It was way too much Saturn, way too much Saturn and Saturn overdoing itself. And it's just, uh, you know, it's been, it's been heavy, heavy. And so um, moving through the heaviness and getting to the other side of the heaviness has been work. And that's more of Saturn. So to not allow it to, to um, feel so heavy or defeated has been work in and of itself. So this has been a very interesting, slow, profound recognition of one's boundaries, where one has exerted too many boundaries, where there have been boundaries that were not um, necessary. And then there's also, I, there's an ounce of regret in some of these things where it's like, oh, I, I had too many boundaries, like too many too much um, that's been in place and it's caused me to be overly cautious and Saturn does that too it's like it's a cautionary planet and I said last week and I've been saying all along work with this one step at a time no rushing forward that's why I said we can't take over the world yet one step at a time and it has been that. It's just moving through this one step at a time feels a little um, rough. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It was a little rough. Even just one step at a time. So it's it, it, was, it may be way too much caution. Maybe I have too much caution. Maybe I'm feeling it in a, in a deeper way because it's in Aquarius. It's in my sign. But, but I have to say that I've talked to other people and they're telling me that they just, they've kind of had it this week. And you know, um, this is, this is Saturn at its finest. <laughs> now, maybe you didn't feel this and I'm happy for you, <laughs> but this is, this is one dose of Saturn. If we're, and if I'm ever reminded of, you know, Saturn's energy, this is, this has been it. I, I won't forget this one. So there we go. Sun and Saturn. And as we move through the week, um, we have, you know, we're, we're getting further and further away. The sun moves away from Saturn and we're not, you know, in Pisces yet. So it's still going to be hovering around in Aquarius. But, um, some of the things that are going to start happening, um, is that one of the things that's happening is, um, Venus and Mars are getting together. And this has been something I've been talking about for months and months, um, this is, this is pretty interesting. And Mars is at nine Capricorn as I speak and Venus is at 12. And yes, for sure, that's a conjunction. They are conjunct. And 
I've been looking forward to this because it's very rare and I think it's good for people and relationships and stuff. But at the same time, all of this business that's happened in the last week with Mercury going direct right near Pluto and then, you know, and then Venus went direct a few days before that and, and you know, Sun and Saturn, I feel like um, essentially that Venus and Mars have gotten ignored, like that the happiness around the two of them has been really ignored. This this wasn't necessarily um, front and center. So maybe this week, while there isn't so much Saturn, we can start to focus on um, Venus and Mars a little bit in our relationships. And the other thing that's happening is the asteroid, or I don't know, I read somewhere that it's a like a dwarf planet. Um, the asteroid Vesta is also work, working side by side with Venus and Mars, and she's very close to Venus right now. And Vesta, what is Vesta? I don't talk about the asteroids very much, but Vesta is um, a an asteroid, or for some people a dwarf planet, but we were always taught it was an asteroid. And Vesta represents the Vestal Virgins, and they kept the fires going in Rome. And they were not allowed to let the fire go out in Rome because they were punished if they, they let the fire go out. So I find this really interesting. Vesta is in Capricorn with Venus, and then it'll travel with Venus and Mars. And then eventually when Venus and Mars meet up with Pluto in a month or so, Vesta will be with them. So it will be Vesta and Venus and Mars and Pluto, and the moon is going to go over them during that time period too. It's not like the moon is going to be in the opposite part of the zodiac. The moon is going to be right up there with them. And, you know, Vesta is the fire. So the, the Vestal Virgins, they, they managed the fires um, and they kept the, the fires burning. And so what is fire? Fire is passion. And, um, you know, we don't think of Capricorn as necessarily a fire. It's not a fire sign. It's a, an earth sign, but it's sensual. And, you know, I've, Saturn can be sensual, believe it or not, that Saturn that I just spoke of can be very sensual. And you think about Saturn, you think, oh, Saturn's not sexy, but it's sensual. Um, it is an earthy planet. It rules Capricorn. And Capricorn can be, you know, sensuality. It's, it's the tangibility. It's the palpable feeling of um, that sensuality, of that earthiness. And, and, you know, earth signs are sensual. I know Virgo doesn't necessarily appear to be that, but, but let's stick with Capricorn for the moment. Um, <laughs> um, Vir, you know, Capricorn, we're getting Venus and Mars and Capricorn and, and Vesta is with them in Capricorn. And so the fire, the fire, the passion. So Venus and Mars are, you know, that's enough passion as it is, but then Vesta is with them. Ooh, passion. And this is something where the sparks and the flames are alive and they are enveloping Venus and Mars. So each of us can look at where Venus and Mars is happening in our chart. If we know around like nine and 12, you know, Capricorn, where is that? And the Vestal fires are being ignited alongside Venus and Mars. So I'd say that's pretty sexy, no? So I want to say that this is something to look forward to because this is something that's very unusual. It's not even just Venus and Mars. It's Venus, Mars, and Vesta. And then it's um, 
and then eventually Pluto, which is also very sexy. So I think we've got some sexy things happening, and I don't get to say that very often. When do you hear me talk about sexy things happening, sexy energies happening? I don't. <laughs> and um, I'm too busy, like, telling people, and my class was, we were joking the other night. It's like, go in and do the work. I keep talking about going within and doing the work, and we were all joking about, like, going in within and doing the work. And, you know, um, and I talk about that a lot, so... <laughs> Um, but this is a sexy energy and I think that it doesn't have to be physically sexual. It could be creative. Fire is creativity as well. And Venus and Mars are creative. And where do you feel creative in your life right now? Where do you feel like being creative? Where do you want to ignite the fires of creativity? Ooh, that's fun. That's interesting. Um, so this is, you know, as Venus is slowly, slowly moving forward, you know, Venus, like I said, was at 11 degrees for 16 days. She's finally at 12. Huh. You know, it's been a long climb. So slowly, there's a sensual, slow dance going on um, with these planets in this asteroid. And I think we have to pay attention to that. And maybe it's good to flip the switch right now and like put Saturn with its rings on the shelf <laughs> and start focusing on, you know, the sexiness, the Venus, the Mars, that where do you want to assert yourself in that way creatively? Where do you have like creative things that you want to do? Where do you want to maybe reach out to a potential partner now that Venus is direct and Mercury is direct? Where do you want to connect with people socially and get the fires moving and get the the flames of desire or the flames of creativity or the flames of inspiration moving in your life. That's very exciting. So I would say um, this, is, this is an exciting time and we have to kind of switch off the Saturn and switch on the Venus Mars. And I think everyone is eager to do that. After all this retrograde, everybody's eager to switch on that Venus. <laughs> and I, I really hope that everyone does. I hope as you listen to this, you're like, yeah, where can I switch on the passion in my life? It doesn't have to be sex. It can be creativity. It could be inspiration. Where are you inspired? It could be the fires of spirituality. Use it how you feel is best right now. Um, and, uh, you know, um, one of the things that's so important is that they are actually also talking to Uranus, all these planets. And, you know, Venus, Venus isn't exactly talking to Uranus. It never made it all the way back. Like Uranus has been at 10 Taurus and Venus went back to 11. So I'd say that's a trine. And, you know, Uranus is going to be at 11 this week and Venus is at 12 now and so Venus is this is a trine it's from Capricorn to Taurus those are both in the same element and that means that when they are close in degree like that they are in a 120 degree aspect which is flowing and beneficial and provides opportunity and so we pay attention to where they are so that means that Venus Mars and Vesta are trining Uranus and Uranus is the planet of surprises and, and a little chaos and unexpected events and um and and the the little bit of mm, things going upside down a bit so maybe when it's in trine, it's a little easier to move those things forward. Like 
it's not staticky it's not chaotic it's a little smoother it's a smoother path to innovation and and surprise and risk taking okay risk taking and that's okay you know it's might be a good time to pick up the phone and call someone and take a risk and it should be easier to do that. However, I have to say something about trines. Trines are smooth and flowing and they provide us opportunity. You want the opportunity and you want to take the opportunity as opposed to not taking the opportunity and waiting and then the square comes, right? So Venus will move into Aquarius and then square Uranus and then it's going to feel like, <gasps> why didn't I take the opportunity? Because now I feel forced. Now you feel like you have no choice, but you have to jump off the cliff. So that's the difference between a trine and a square. A square is a 90-degree aspect. When you are taking the opportunity, like right now, there's opportunity to reach out, to do things, to, you know, to the opportunity to use this energy in an inspiring way. And then there's also what's going to happen, you know, in a little over a month when Uranus gets a square from these planets, and you're like, uh-oh, I should have done that back then and I didn't. And now I feel like my hand is forced because I, I'm running, like, there's an urgency. And I'm running. And I, I just, why didn't I do this before? And it, then it feels a lot harder and then there's pressure. So that's a square. When we feel pressured, when we feel like a heavy-duty impulse, when we feel that it's more um, complicated and there's more at risk. And you know, you, if you are thinking of doing something, if you're thinking of reaching out to someone, even for a job or something, or you're thinking of diving in and doing something, I would say catch your breath, take a deep breath, and find your way through it now. And that's important because you don't want to wait till the square happens. And I can take my own advice too. <laughs> so um, that's part of it. And on Tuesday the 8th, Mars will give an exact trine to Uranus. And that'll be at 9.57 a.m. Eastern time. And that's, you know, 10 in the morning is kind of early to be taking risks, right? Um, <laughs> risks feel like an afternoon thing or maybe cocktail hour. <laughs> cocktail hour risk. <laughs> Unless you're jacked up on coffee at 10 a.m. and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a risk. <laughs> I'm going to jump off the cliff. And this, it's Mars and Uranus. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Um, you know, uh, it's pretty funny. But... Um, we are, you know, we're moving in a direction towards more passions and more, and, and it's warmer that, you know, Venus and Mars are going to be warmer than they were. And, um, you know, we're, we're moving towards something that's, um, you know, a little freer than what we've been under. So I think that's a good thing. In the meantime, what else is going on this week? Mercury is going to meet with Pluto for the last time on the 11th of February, okay? So this is coming from the end of December when Mercury met with Pluto. And then Mercury met with Pluto right before Venus went direct, which was like the 28th or so um, of January. And then it's moving direct with it's moving direct now, yes, and it will move past Pluto again. It's hovering around Pluto. And Pluto 
and Mercury are not um, not separate really, but they'll be exact on Friday, and that'll be the exact conjunction. So if you feel like you need to um, do some very critical thinking, do some very intense uh, creative work, um, they're, you know, they're in Capricorn. Uh, maybe you need to do some, you know, maybe you're doing your taxes. You got your, you know, line items all sorted and your, your spreadsheets all organized. You know, that's, that's good for Mercury and Pluto. Um, maybe you've got to, uh, have a difficult conversation or a transformative conversation, you know, maybe there's a transformative conversation that you'd like to have. Um, Maybe you'd like to, um, you know, transform your mind. And that's a really good thing to do with Mercury and Pluto. Um, maybe there's something, you know, in a meditation that's going to help you transform your mind. Or maybe there's something that you um, need to transform your thinking about something. And how have you been thinking about something? So, um it's not a simple aspect. It's a complicated aspect. You know, it's not something that is smooth and flowing like this Venus, Mars, Vesta, Trine, Uranus. Um, it's something that's, you know, intense, intense. And, and also watch your words. Watch your words this week as we get close to that um, Mercury-Pluto. Watch that you don't speak harshly to someone. Be, be, very self-aware of your words and how you speak and how you communicate to someone. It's a great time for a breakthrough, an intellectual breakthrough, a spiritual breakthrough. It's, it's a really good time for that. And maybe um, you are about to have something like that, and that would be great. Or maybe a breakthrough, like in, in understanding something. Maybe you're studying something and you're mind finally grasps something really deep and powerful. Maybe you're studying a very intense topic. Um, maybe you are going to have a breakthrough in communication with someone and that would be really good, wouldn't it? So that's good. Um, you know, it's, it's important to, um, recognize that. So that's, use that energy wisely. Use it correctly. Don't use it in a way that's going to hurt anybody. Okay. And, um, you know, we're going to get into, you know, Mercury's going to fly through the rest of Capricorn this week. And by the time we get to Monday, the 14th, Valentine's Day, it will be going into Aquarius. So it went into Aquarius before, and then it turned around and came back through Capricorn as it was retrograde. So that's, that's something that's important. Um, so it will it will tread over the places in Aquarius where it where it meant it was before, um, and you know as we move forward through this week, let's see. Right now the moon is in Taurus and it's going to be in Taurus for days. It's going to be in Taurus Monday tomorrow. It's going to be in Taurus Tuesday, and it will go void of course in Taurus at eleven forty eight p.m. Eastern time. So that's late at night. People are going to be sleeping in this region of the world, and it will go into Gemini at 5.27 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. So, you know, if you live in this region of the world, you're sleeping for most of that time. You sleep through the void moon. That's good. Okay. And then we move to um, Thursday, 
where it's, you know, Wednesday it's in Gemini, Thursday it's in Gemini, Friday it's in Gemini, and it goes void at 3.23 a.m., and it moves into Cancer at 6.27 p.m. So Friday the moon is void all day, okay? And it's a, it's a real, like, you know, it's void in, in the sign of Gemini, and communication. So it's an interesting dynamic that the moon is in Gemini while its ruler, Mercury, is conjunct Pluto. And when we have, um, you know, Mercury with Pluto and then the moon is void, there might be like, this is what I'm saying, watch your words and, and watch your thoughts. You can really talk yourself into something or out of something. And you could talk yourself out of something important. Um, so I would say that these things are, you know, rel you know, as I said the other day on my Instagram, they don't happen in a vacuum. Mercury doesn't go direct in a vacuum. It was going direct at the same time Sun was squaring Saturn. Okay, Sun was conjuncting Saturn, I'm sorry. Conjuncting, meeting up with Saturn, okay? That was hard. That made it harder. So with Mercury, the moon is in Gemini, ruled by Mercury, which is going to be talking to Pluto. Ooh, that's intense. And then it's going to be void all day, the moon. All day. <laughs> Basically in the working hours in this region of the world. Anyway, void. So it's almost like if you say something on that day, you might not want to you might want to take it back and then you can't, okay? And it's really important to watch your words that day. So please watch your thoughts and keep your thoughts clean. Keep them up optimistic and happy and breakthrough oriented and not like harsh towards yourself either. You know, we have to talk sweetly to ourselves. And then Saturday, the moon will be in Cancer all day. Sunday, the moon will be in Cancer and we're going, you know, opposite all those planets in Capricorn, Venus, Mars, Vesta. And then, you know, on Valentine's Day, the moon is going to go void. And um, it'll enter Leo. So it'll be void at like 527 a.m. And then like not even an hour later, go into Leo. So the moon in Leo on Valentine's Day that next Monday is actually very festive. So, yeah, there you go. And that's about it. Um, a little lighter week. Things are shifting direction. They've shifted direction. Mercury will start to move, and things will not be so um, heavy as they were. That was a very heavy energy we had on Friday with that conjunction of Sun and Saturn. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where we are. And um, I recommend that if you find all of this intriguing and fascinating and you would like to have a session with me, then please go to my website, thegoldenastrologer.com, and book a session where I book online. And if you'd like to get on my mailing list, you just have to go to my website, thegoldenastrologer.com, once again, and there's a little box, and you can enter your information in the box, and you'll join my mailing list. And my Instagram is thegoldenastrologer. My Twitter is at devastrology, and this podcast is every week on Sundays. And if you are at all interested in uh, Reiki from the Fifth Dimension, drop me a line, say, um, hey, what's that all about? You know, um, I do have to write something up about it on my website other than, you know, I do have appointments you can make, but Fifth Dimension Reiki is really powerful. So um, that's something I offer as well as astrology. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for always being there and gratitude to each and every one of you. And I hope this finds you in a better, passionate place this week and that the energies lighten up and that you are having a beautiful week ahead. Thanks for listening. Gratitude to all.